what's going on guys welcome back to consuming crime with jen and jules it is jules here before we get started make sure you give us five stars wherever you are listening and also make sure to check us out on the patreon at the five dollar official level you'll have available six episodes ready to listen including the aaron hernandez series as well as two additional episodes each month at the seven dollar all access level you'll have all of the previous benefits plus our regular content with no ads And at the $12 VIP level, you'll have all of the previous benefits, plus not only do you get to listen to me tell the story, you get to watch me tell the story. Without further ado, guys, let's get into the story. Now, now is the part that I'm like, alright, Chris killed his family. This is the part that I was like, alright, he did it. Sorry if I'm late and you guys already thought that. I'm just naive, I guess, I don't know. Chris in the interview is now admitting it. He is saying... That during that time that Shanann was away, he spent most of his time with Nicole. He's saying that Nicole is a wonderful woman. He also knew that she was married. She's married too. What the? F- oh my God. Is there something sexy about having an affair? About having a mistress? Like, y'all weird. Not, sorry, not like my audience, but just like, what? He said, oh, she took my breath away and I had never felt that way. She, you had never felt, you, mm-mm. boy, I'm sorry. I don't even have words. I'm just speaking gibberish at this point because I want to freaking strangle this guy. One of the detectives starts getting really, really on him about the little girls. She's like, okay, your wife, you're having an affair, but what about your little girls? You have not shed one tear since finding out about your little girls mind you this whole time he's been acting kind of like nonchalant like basically sticking to this i don't know anything i just want my kids back i just want them back in my life but no emotion when he says it he says now that he wants to talk to his dad he says i want to talk to my dad i want to be away from here i don't want to be recorded and so they bring his dad into the interview room for just him and the dad to be in there and of course they keep recording so now we're getting kind of a confession but you guys will not believe what this guy says he says i failed the polygraph they're not gonna let me go and they know that i had an affair his dad doesn't look shocked so obviously he knew about the female he said that morning the conversation did get emotional and i don't want to protect her i'm like wait what so he repeats himself i don't want to protect her the dad's like what are you saying and he says that she hurt the kids so he had to kill her she smothered them he knew that they were dead because they were blue he says he freaked out and so he did the same thing to her why why on god's green earth would shanann kill her two little girls just because you're having an affair like that's not logical if you're married and a guy says like yeah there's somebody else i'm gonna kill our kids what the (sighs) the police go back to the house and they start collecting potential evidence During this time, the interview continues. He tells them that they are at the first location he was sent to by his job. It was called Survey 319, and they bring up pictures of the site. He's like, oh, when were these photos taken? And the officer says, oh, they were taken today. So he points to a a dirt area where there's also a sheet. He says that was the sheet that he wrapped Shanann in, and I guess she had been buried in that area as well. They start kind of asking him, like, what about the little girls? Like, where are the little girls? And they say, like, are they in the tanks? The oil tanks, you guys. The Oregon oil tanks. He says yes. The documentary pulls up an image of the oil tank entrance where there was a hatch where he put the little girls. This this entrance was 
eight inches in diameter. You guys, the shoulder area, like probably like one of the widest areas on a person, just in general, is smaller, is larger than eight inches. Like, which you guys like the, oh my God. He would have had to like zone out or totally not give a single damn about these little girls' bodies to fit them in that small of a hole. He still denies ever hurting the girls. The detective says, I think you killed these girls first. And then when their mom got home, you killed her. I think that you wanted a new life and so you had to get rid of the old one. Couldn't have said it better myself, detective. Three days before the murders on August 10th, she had flown out to Arizona with her friend Nikki and Chris had the kids with him. In the text messages that we're seeing, she had texted Chris and she's saying, I'm still in shock, we're having a little boy, which according to her is what Chris wanted. And I'm so excited and I'm happy. Thank you for letting me hold you this morning. I left your letter on the counter. And in the letter, she's saying like how much she missed him, everything she misses about him and how much she just loves him. You guys, when I found out she was having a boy, I mean, like, it's, it just sucks because that's what she thought that he wanted. And she really, really in her mind believed that he loved her and he was going through something. And she was trying to be the woman that he needed. And he just, at this point, obviously, he doesn't give a crap. I, I doubt he even read her letter. We're back to where Chris was being interviewed, and he is now being placed under arrest. They do recover the bodies, and not much is mentioned after that as far as cause of death, manner of death, nothing like that. Well, manner of death is obviously homicide because of where their bodies were found. We're getting an interview with Nicole, the woman he was having an affair with. And the officer asks if she ever mentioned that him having kids made her uncomfortable or if she ever hinted that maybe she wanted her own family. And she says, absolutely not. Like, I never made it seem like I wasn't okay with him having two little girls. The Saturday before Shanann got back home, Chris and Nicole went to the Lazy Dog and he told her that he needed to find a babysitter. So at least we know on the Saturday the kids were still alive. Nikki which is Shanann's best friend, the one she was on the trip with, was saying that Chris told Shanann that he was going to a Rockies game that night. She checked their bank statements and saw that he had spent $63 on dinner at the Lazy Dog restaurant in Westminster. She thought it was super weird, like that's a lot of money to spend at a restaurant if you're just by yourself. Which he could have said he was with like his guy friend and have his guy friend vouch for him, but I think... To me, it seems like he kind of wants her to find out. He just doesn't want to be the one to tell her. She says, what did you spend the money on? And he says, I got salmon and a beer. She goes to check the menu and she's like, that's only like $30. Where's the other 40 coming from? I mean, she's like really upset. I think she already knows what's going on. Nicole is saying that after dinner, they went back to her place for a little bit and then he went home around 10 o'clock. Shanann also knew that he ended up going home late because of the security. It alerts you when someone gets home. After he confessed to killing her, but not killing the daughters, people on social media start to get really, really mean. Really quick, you guys, I interrupt this program to introduce you to today's sponsor. It is Consuming Crime's very first sponsor, and that is Audible. Dot com, which is an Amazon-owned company. They are the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, you get one free credit, and with our code, Consuming Crime, you can get one month free and one free audiobook. I actually use Audible myself, 
I don't really have time to sit down and read a book. I'm constantly moving around and, you know, doing school, work, the podcast, things like that. Right now, I am currently reading a book written by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. I love a lot of his works, and the one I'm reading right now is called The Mastery of Self. I am obsessed with self-development, self-growth, and this book really teaches you about knowing who you are, knowing, you know, what you have to offer the world, and just knowing that, you know, no one's better than anyone ever, and I think it's really good to just be self-aware. With that being said, again, go on and head over to audibletrial.com slash consumingcrime and get your free audiobook on us completely. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash consumingcrime. Now, back to the story. They start picking at her parenting skills. They start saying that she probably drove him insane. She drove him to do this. She was a bitch. And they even started harassing her family. Like, (sighs) social media is just like such a toxic place like it really is and honestly every time i see something hateful or something even something political i will remove it from the comment section just fyi this is a true crime podcast this is not about politics don't get into it that was just a side note by the way i forgot i was supposed to mention on the beginning of the episode but stop it (laughs) the day before the murders her and her friend nikki were at the airport And according to Nikki, she stepped aside for about five minutes to call him. She came back and she was unhappy. And she said it was because she was trying to talk to him and they barely talked the whole weekend and he would rather work out. And he even started working out while they were still on the phone. So she let him go. It's just clear to her at this point that he does not give a damn. Three months after the murders, this is November 6th, 2018, Chris Watts pleads guilty on nine counts. Murder in the first degree of Shanann Watts, murder in the first degree of Bella Watts, murder in the first degree of Celeste Watts, unlawful termination of a pregnancy of Nico Watts, and three counts of unlawful tampering with a deceased human body. They even named the little boy. As a result of him pleading guilty, he will not face the death penalty. It is now February 18th, 2019, and Chris Watts is telling us what really happened that night. She got home around 2 a.m., and he had a feeling that she knew what he did. Saturday night was the last straw. He felt her getting into bed, and she started to get a little bit handsy, and they did have sex. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. This sick really knew what he was gonna do and had sex with her before he did it. Are you kidding me? I I, I... Future Jules, get the bleeping button and bleep that out, but I'm livid. (sighs) He woke up the next morning, a couple hours after, and he told her he didn't think it was going to work. She asked, what the hell was last night then? And she's also saying now that she knew it, she knew that there was somebody else, but to that moment, he still denied it. He still denied it. She starts telling him, you're never going to see the kids again, get off of me. She starts kind of struggling a little bit, and... He was saying he doesn't love her anymore, and that's when it happened. He mentions in the interview, if I had never met Nikki, would I have thought our relationship was bad? Probably not. So if you didn't meet this one random female, you you would have not done this? You would have not separated from your wife? You would have been happy? You would have not killed them? I don't get that. How does one person make that much of a difference in your life? He says he put his hands around her. And it was already in his mind that he was going to do it. Even the day before, he knew that he was going to do that the next day. 
According to him, she did not fight him back and she just kind of let herself die. Bella comes into the room and she's carrying her pink blinky. At that point, you're gonna look at your little girl after you just smothered her mother. Shanette had been face down on the bed, so the little girl probably just thought her mommy was sleeping. He says that he put her in the sheet and took her downstairs. He pulls his truck up and loads her in the truck and he puts the two little girls in the back seat. They're alive at this point, by the way. And the little girls do ask, like, is mommy okay? And he says, like, oh, she will be okay. He said that Cece was first. I put a blanket over her head. I don't think she struggled. Bella asked what happened to Cece. And I started to see her saying, daddy, no. And that was it. He is in tears as he's saying this, which I don't know why he's crying. Like, you... This is, like, psychopathic stuff. After this, he called the school and he said the girls were going to be unenrolled. Then he called the realtor to start selling the house. And then he starts texting his girlfriend about their future together. The judge says that in the thousands of cases he has reviewed, this is the most inhumane case he's ever come across. And he cannot give him anything but the max. So he gives him three life sentences. Again, he, he, he pled guilty so he doesn't get the death penalty, but he's pretty much going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Shanann's father is saying that he believes that it was while she was asleep. He does not think that he did it while she was awake because he truly, truly believes that his daughter would have fought back. I might have to disagree. I think she was so broken and she could have honestly been in such shock that she just kind of let herself, you know? The documentary ends with a statistic. Um, saying, in America, three women are killed every day by their current partner or ex. <sighs> like, all you had to do was tell her, I want a divorce. Like, women are stronger than they seem. I guarantee you, she would have gotten over it. If he just said, like, I want a divorce. I don't want to be with anyone. Whatever. Like, why? What? <sighs> I encourage you guys to actually go watch the documentary. It's called um, American Murder, The Family Next Door. It's on Netflix. It, they really do a really good job of making you feel like you are in the relationship, which is why I'm so heartbroken. And I don't normally get attached to cases just because I'm so like, I don't want to say immune, that sounds insensitive, but I listen to so many that I'm kind of, it doesn't seem real, you know, I'm kind of numb to it. But this one really got me, guys. Make sure you give us five stars wherever you are listening. And make sure you give us... I'm See, I'm fucking... Can't talk. <laughs> make sure you check out the Patreon. At the $5 official level, you'll have available six episodes ready to listen, including the Aaron Hernandez series, as well as two additional episodes each month. At the $7 all-access level, you'll have all of the previous benefits plus our regular content with no ads. And at the $12 VIP level, you'll have all of the previous benefits, plus not only do you get to listen to me tell a story, you get to watch me tell a story. That's pretty much it for today, guys. Thank you for consuming crime with me, and uh, you'll hear me next week. <laughs>